From Commander.com, welcome to the Tech Refresh Podcast, where we scour the internet to feature the digital news, gadgets, and stories to keep you up to date. Our promise, you give us about 30 minutes, and we'll make sure you're the in-the-know go-to digital source for your friends and family. After an exhaustive nationwide search to find just the right digitally savvy host, ah, they couldn't pay him enough, and you got me. I'm Mike James, along with our content queen at Commander.com, it's Allie. Welcome, Allie. Hi, Mike. Ben Obi-Wan Bradley is with us. Ben, hey, Mike. good to have you. Thank you. And we have a ton of stuff to get to as usual later on. Of course, it's tax season, so the scams are coming one right after the other. We're going to talk about some of those. Later on, uh, we're going to talk about th- – well, actually, the quick tip is coming up in just a few moments uh, about tech hacks, three tech hacks that you must know. And uh, Ben is looking to avenge his loss from last week on Brand New or Not True. He looks very, very focused this week, and uh, we'll get to that in just a little bit. First of all, we're going to start with the news. And, uh, Allie, start with Clubhouse, who they are and what's going on. Yeah. Have you guys heard of Clubhouse, the hot new social media? I have. I have. Yeah. It's, it's huge. I don't know much about it, except it's like audio-only social networking There you go. Yeah, it's all focused on audio. So think of it kind of like on-demand podcasts or listening in on an interview. It's all about the host. So kind of in the way that, you know, somebody might start a video call. It's that, but with audio. And maybe somebody you find really interesting opens this call. And so you want to listen in. Some of the big names using it right now. um, Elon Musk is in there, Oprah, Serena Williams. So people are all about it. Uh, The other thing really fueling the popularity is it's exclusive. So right now it's invite only. And of course, people want what they can't have. Uh, Also, it's iPhone only. So sad for me. But go back to December. This thing had 600,000 users. Now, 6 million. It's growing like crazy. And of course, the question for us is, are there privacy concerns? Well, wouldn't you know it? Yes. And let's go through them real quick. So the Stanford Internet Observatory did a deep dive into this. And there are three issues I want to tell you about. First one, the, the privacy policy is not very clear. I We could probably say that about just about everything. But in this case, their policy says that user audio is temporarily recorded for the sake of safety. Essentially, they track everything that's happening in the rooms. And if there's hate speech, anything that shouldn't be happening, uh, they double check it and then delete the audio. But they never define temporarily. So who knows how long they're actually keeping it? And well, why does that matter? That brings me to concern number two. Uh, The Internet Observatory found that the audio could be being sent to servers managed by Chinese entities. The company that supports the app's backend infrastructure, it's called Agora Inc., and they're a video and streaming software company with headquarters in Santa Clara and Shanghai. So Clubhouse, for its part, they say, no, no, everything's only stored in the U.S. Don't worry about it. But they are rolling out some extra encryption and blocks to make sure that Chinese servers don't get pinged. Okay, we'll see. And last one, one more privacy catch. Uh, The rooms and all the users have IDs. You might remember this kind of talk from, you know, Zoom bombing. When Zoom, you know, first took over in the pandemic, people could just break into Zoom rooms if they had the ID. Same thing is true here. Um, If you are expecting something really private, that's not what this is for. Everything is stored in plain text. Nothing is encrypted. So if you want to keep a conversation private, You can't really do it. Someone could match up the IDs, see what you were listening to, see what you were involved in. All right. Bottom line, every social media network or 
site has its own privacy risks. I don't think you should ever use any of these apps for something truly private. This one especially, it's really about connection. So if you're going there for a really private experience, that's not what it's about. Well, like I said, I, I didn't know too much about what it was, but I do know that Facebook has already ordered uh, their employees to make a, a copycat of it, you know, their own clubhouse. <laughs> Of course they are. And I I imagine it'll be uh, even sketchier. Oh, and uh, Clubhouse is going crazy, right? I mean, they're they're just signing up people like no tomorrow. Yeah, if you're lucky enough to get an invite right now, each user gets two invites that they can send out. And there's no timeline right now for when it's going to be open to the public or available on Android. But, you know, I imagine they're still technically in beta. So once they're out of that, I bet it'll be even crazier. While we're on the topic of social media, um, Parler is back online after a month offline, kind of. Uh, Existing users can access it in a browser, but the apps aren't back up yet in the Google or Apple stores. But we'll update you on that one later if there's uh, any changes. All right. So, Ben, you've got the story of a popular sharing app that has vulnerabilities, more vulnerabilities. Go ahead. Yeah. So we talk about bad apps on the Google Play Store all the time for Android, you know, malware, adware, whatever. Well, some of the apps you need to know about and potentially stay away from have problems because of shoddy security. And this file sharing app, it's been downloaded more than a billion times. It's been on the store for a few years, really popular. Well, security researchers at uh, Trend Micro uh, found that this app called ShareIt has several vulnerabilities that allow difficult-to-detect attacks. And these are attacks that could, oh, for instance, let hackers mess with your app's permission settings or worse steal your sensitive data. And it's not just a theory. Uh, The researchers have apparently been successful in breaking through this app's defenses and exploiting it. And if they can, of course, so can the bad actors. Uh, Trend Micro says these flaws are due to, you know, I guess some kind of misconfigured settings on the app developer's part, which you might think, great, you know, just fix it and move on. But, well, apparently it hasn't been that easy. Trend Micro says they've reached out to to the developer of ShareIt uh, more than three months ago about the vulnerabilities, and they haven't heard a word back. They even tried to bring Google into the mix with no response yet either. Uh, so the shared app is still there in the Google Play Store with security problems that remain unpatched. Now, with this one, I'm not saying it's absolutely imperative that you just go in and delete it the same way you would with you know truly malicious apps, uh, but it, at least it's something to consider if you're not comfortable with it. At the very least, Go into your app settings, check what permissions share it and some of your other apps have uh, to the rest of your phone and and the data on it. And lock it up. Don't share it. Yes. <laughs> Don't share it with share it. Uh, up, and uh, let's see, it's time to update your computer. Uh, another Windows patch, huh, Allie? There is another Windows patch, but uh, surprise, surprise, I've also got an update alert for Macs. We'll start with Windows, though. Uh, patch Tuesday is that magical day every month when... Microsoft fixes all the flaws, putting your PC at risk, or just kind of bungling things up. This month's is a big one. It plugs, among lots of other things, a really serious denial-of-service vulnerability. Microsoft says a hacker could leverage the DOS exploits to launch a remote attack, leaving you with that lovely, dreaded blue screen of death. It fixes 56 flaws, uh, 11 of which are critical, this update, and that's across Windows, Office, and SharePoint. So... Got a Windows system update. All right. And now if you have a Mac, you need to update too. We don't often say that, but for the uh, past few weeks, there's been an issue with Mac OS Big Sur. There's a bug that could cause you to lose data. This is a big deal and a pain in the butt to deal with. 
The bug was first introduced in Big Sur 11.2 and then made its way into 11.3 as well. Uh, the problem is the installer, that little pop-up that says, hey, do you want to update? It's not checking ahead of time if you have enough space. And that means that it can run into problems with updating. And even worse, if you've encrypted your Mac using File Vault, which if you really care about your privacy, go do it, you'll be locked out of your data. So not a good thing. Luckily, there's a fix now. Apple released an updated Big Sur installer, 11.2.1, that properly checks for free space. So put it on your to-do list, Windows and Mac, go update. Bravo. See, I'm one of those who just gets... I don't know. I probably get a little too excited about OS updates. I don't know why. Windows OS happens, I update. You know, I get an update on my iPhone. I just have to update. I don't know why. It's just one of those. Yes, or like we talked about, if you're like me, maybe you hit that remind me later (laughs) too often. I did update both my computers this weekend, though. Very proud of myself. All right, coming up in just a little bit, we're going to talk about robocalls and how many you get, how to deal with robocalls. Uh, And then also we're going to talk about tax season is here. So are the scams and also uh, brand new or not true is just ahead on Tech Refresh from Commando.com. We're back on the Tech Refresh podcast from Commando.com. Later on, we'll talk about a 90-year-old Alexa enthusiast. Oh, this is a great story. And also, before we get to brand new or not true, we have three quick tech hacks that you need to know about from Allie. I love, I've talked about this before, I love those little tricks that once you hear it, you're like, wait, why didn't anybody tell me that before? So I've got a couple. Maybe you know all these and you're going to say, all right, thanks for nothing, or I'm about to change your life. So first one, let's say you don't have a fancy mouse with a squirrel wheel. You can use your keyboard to help you out. If you press the space bar with your browser open, you'll move down the page. It's awesome. You can also hold down shift with the space bar and you'll go back up. I do have a fancy mouse and I use this one all the time. It's great. And you can use it on Mac, uh, Windows, whatever. This one, do you ever end up on a site and everything's tiny or everything's huge? It's very easy to resize. Just hit control plus or control minus to change the size of uh, the page, the display. And then If you find yourself in a really weird place, I don't know how I do this. Every once in a while, I'll hit a certain key and I'll end up with my screen at like 25%. If you just hit control zero, it takes you back to normal. And then finally, this one is awesome. If you use Chrome and if you find yourself doing reverse image search often or whatever, you just want an easier way to do it, hold down the S key and right click on the image and it automatically does a reverse image search for you. Awesome, Allie. Good tips. And it's time now for uh, America's newest national game show sensation where you can play and guess is it brand new or not true. Every week, literally thousands of new products, sites, apps, and services are announced in the technology world. Some are destined for greatness, others not so much. Oftentimes, the products sound so crazy, outlandish, and just ridiculous. You sit back and wonder, what were they thinking? When playing Brand New or Not True, we'll present you, the home listener, with three products, sites, or ideas. And it's up to you to decide which two of the three are real. And the process of elimination means that one of them is fake. This week, Allie and I are going to be guessing for the two real, one fake products. Ben has the products. Product number one. So, you know, computer docking stations have been around for years and years. You know, they expand your 
you know, the screens to two screens, three screens, whatever else, all the peripherals. Well, thanks to the pandemic, it's become one of those remote work must-haves. You know, you've seen this shift from these massive components of these old docking stations uh, down to a much more manageable size USB or USB-C hub that, like I said, allows you to connect another monitor or, you know, to your desktop or laptop. You've got extra ports for your keyboard, your mouse, and your webcam. But... What if you had one that could also serve as an external hard drive? That's the idea behind the Anchor Power Expand 4-in-1 USB-C hub with a built-in SSD drive with 256 gigs of storage. It's small, it's got a single 4K HDMI port, and two standard USB ports. But small or not, big features. Those USB 3.0 data ports can transfer files up to 400 megabits per second, and this hub supports pass-through charging for your laptop. Combine all that with the large SSD for all your local files, photos, and videos, and everything else, and it's the perfect home office gadget, and for travel, too. Uh, the Power Expand 4-in-1 USB-C hub is available net for right now for $99. Okay, next product. All right, we're going to talk now about a staple of office desks going back decades, nay, centuries. The notebook. Plain and simple, just paper and pen to jot down anything at a moment's notice. But remember, this is the 21st century. Now you can take notes on your phone or tablet. You can rattle notes off with your voice for your smart tech to remember for you. But what if you still want to write things down with a futuristic vibe? The Rocketbook Wave Smart Notebook is for you. It looks like your basic spiral notebook complete with 80 pages to write on. Oh, but it is different. With the Rocketbook Wave, you can set up the pages to send your notes, drawings, whatever, to any cloud service you already have, like Google Drive or Dropbox. Just assign each page a certain destination, and when you're done writing, hold your phone's camera over the QR code on that page, and boom, save to the cloud. And you might be thinking, well, what about saving paper? Sounds like this is just as bad. Nope, just use a special pilot friction pen or marker And worry no more, because once you've filled that notebook and everything is saved to the cloud, just pop your notebook into the microwave with your cup of coffee, and the heat-sensitive ink disappears to create a clean, brand-new notebook. Your microwave-friendly Rocketbook Wave smart notebook that comes with one pilot friction pen is available right now for $25. Okay. The uh, Rocketbook Wave smart notebook. $25. Okay, got it. Next. Since the theme, it's all about working. This one's going to be going back to the office, though. So, you know, companies have already started retrofitting offices for employees' eventual return. You've got them rearranging workspaces, adding heavy-duty air filtration systems, and then there's the temperature checks. You know, some employers are going to have someone take your temperature when you walk in. Others are going to have robots do it or thermal security cameras. You know, those are crazy expensive systems costing tens of thousands of dollars. So smaller businesses are opting for a more affordable option, the Sabrent ThermalCam Pro. It looks like your typical monitor-mounted webcam. It's about the same size, too. Except this one has a thermal sensor built in. So when you come in for work and you sit down at your desk and you try to log in, it performs a forehead scan. You know, if it's all good, you log into your computer. If not, if it detects what it thinks is a temperature, you won't be able to access your computer and the software in the camera notifies a manager. So that manager will come talk to you and basically either say, hey, maybe you should go home. Or if it looks like there's some kind of malfunction or anything else, it can just over, you know, they can just override the system. Uh, the Sabrent Thermal Cam Pro 
costs $279 per unit, along with a monthly fee that's based on the number of cameras, starting at $99 per month. Uh, They're shipping to some companies already now with a wide rollout expected by May. Welcome to the office of the future. (laughs) (laughs) It sounded like the Matrix or something. Uh, All right, so we've got... The docking station, Power Expand 4 and 1, the Rocket Book Wave Smart Notebook, and the uh, Forehead Scanner Sabrent Thermo Cam Pro for 99 Thermal Cam Pro for $99. Okay, let's start at the uh, at the top with the docking station. So, yeah, I can kind of I can believe that that sounds like a good product. Sounds like people would buy it. Sounds like it. Ninety dollars is ninety nine dollars is a reasonable price for it. You the notebook rocket book wave smart notebook just made all kinds of sense to me until you said you put it in the microwave. And I think that was a giveaway that that is probably not a real product. So uh, when you got to the uh, thermal cam pro. Um, yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, the price, the price is right for companies and we are looking at, um, taking temperatures when you come back. It's a reasonable price. So I'm going to say that's real. And for me, the made up product is the Rocketbook Wave Smart Notebook. Go ahead, Allie. Alrighty. The Anchor product, that seems awesome. It also seems really cheap for what it is. So, oh. That's striking me as fake. Um, in the rocket book, I think the microwave thing, I think if Ben was making up a fake product, there's too much in there. I think he would think it was a giveaway. And so I don't think he would add that many things to it. I think that one's real. I think the rocket book is real. The thermal cam pro. So the one thing that bugs me about this one is if the idea is to stop people before they're in and settled, they've already come into the office. They're already mingling they're already at their desk you know you might not go into work and immediately sit down at your computer so i don't love that one for that reason oh okay i'm going boring i'm going the anchor is fake so i have your final answers mike you said the uh the rocket wave smart notebook and ellie you said the uh the USB-C hub okay so mike i'm going to start with you the rocket book wave smart notebook with the pilot friction pen Oh, it's real. Oh, my gosh. And you put it in the microwave to erase it? Yes. Sounds kind of cool. No fair. There's no fair. Did you make that one? Did you make that one and then just put it out there so you could stump me this week? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And it's on Amazon. It is available right now. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if it works, but it's there and that's what it says. But uh, now the other two items. You know, Allie had difficulty between... The, uh, the Power Expand Hub and the Sabrent Thermal Cam Pro. And let me tell you, the real item is the Anchor Power Expand 4-in-1 USB-C Hub with 256 gigs of SSD storage. Yes, Allie, you are right. I had not thought about that when developing the fake thermal cam. You're right. The whole mingling with employees, it's like, well, why? Yeah. You got to go in. It's like, it makes sense. You don't want one of these, you know, multi tens of thousand dollar systems. That's fine. But yeah, I guess you don't want to just let them, you know, weave all the way through the building too and finally sit down at their desk. Good thought. Good oversight. But at least, it, you know, I still stumped you though. So. Oh, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> oh, I should have trusted my gut. 
Stop both of us. Excellent job, well Ben, well uh, this week. All right, so that's going to do it for this week's edition of Brand New or Not True. And thanks to Ben and Allie. Up next, we're going to take a look at uh, robocalls. How do you stop robocalls? You get, you're still getting a lot of them. What, how to deal with them. All right, and uh, also the scam of the week this week, of course, it's tax season. We're talking about uh, taxes and tax scams. And then later on, a 90-year-old Alexa enthusiast. You're going to love that story. It's Tech Refresh from Commander.com. Welcome back to Tech Refresh from Commander.com. Every week we give you the inside scoop on what's going on in tech. So you are in the know and the source of tech information for your friends and family. Every week about this time we take an in-depth look into issues that affect the technology lifestyle. This week it's about robocalls. Allie, you still getting a lot of robocalls? I am. I Every day. I, I just don't answer my phone anymore. And I'm not alone in that. So I always love when there's new studies about things that we all deal with all the time to kind of make you feel like, yeah, yeah, me too. So the spam blocking company Haya just released all these numbers about spam and robocalls and scams in 2020. So I want to go through some of this because it's really interesting stuff. I say I'm not alone because the percentage of people who don't answer unknown calls is very high. First, before I say do Either of you, when your phone rings and it's unknown caller, do you answer? Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Sometimes I do. But uh, most of the time, no. You do, Mike? Yeah. Well, 94% of people never answer if it's a number they don't know. So, you know, I'm the kind of person, if it's a phone number or somebody I don't know, if they don't leave a voicemail, sorry, I just assume you're spam. Some other big ones in there. Voice calls, phone calls were so much bigger last year with the pandemic and people just wanting to connect a little bit more. I certainly found myself on the phone more, you know, with my parents, with my friends, with my family. Uh, voice calls were up 184% last year. I think we had all, you know, we texted and emailed and just didn't want to be on the phone. Last year kind of changed that. And of course, the scammers came. So, the- uh, the average person last year got 144 spam calls. And the scary part is of those, 58% were some kind of fraud or scam. Uh, lots of the rest were just kind of the plain old annoying kind. All right, let's do a little guessing game. What age range, and you can, you know, it doesn't have to be a perfect range, but what what age would you say are uh, is the most targeted? Yeah, I'd say older. Seniors. Older. Okay. What, like 55 plus maybe? Yeah, 65. 65? No, 25 to 34. Who knew? Uh, what about location? What state in the U.S. do you think got the uh, the most scam calls? Mm, California. Washington. Texas. Poor Texas. Dallas, Houston, Austin, San Antonio, and Fort Worth were all in the top 10 for most targeted cities. And, of course, people lost a lot of money. The average man lost $297. The average woman, $109. Good job, ladies. Proud of you. What about you guys? Do you get a lot of scam calls, texts? So I wouldn't say that I started getting more after the pandemic started. Uh, They stayed pretty steady. I would get, you know, it's always been kind of an ebb and flow. Like I'll go two weeks where I get two or three calls every other day, you know, I won't answer them, but occasionally they'll leave a voicemail that's like, hey, we want to settle your student loan debts that I don't have. And or 
you know, sell me something. But now it's like, and then they'll go away for a few months and they'll start all over. Now it's more, instead of the calls, these days I'm getting more of the texts. And they're always from Bianca for like a year. They've been mm-hmm. from Bianca. And Bianca is always <laughs> trying to help me, you know, uh, get get better mortgage rates or, or sell my house. And Bianca wants to buy my house from me. And, you know, so that, that's... Bianca just loves her house. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess <laughs> you so. should give her a call. Yeah, I get a lot of those. Um, we want to buy your house, or I get so many of the car extended warranty, your extended warranty, uh, credit cards, like problem with your card. Yeah, I get a lot of those. What about you, Mike? I get uh, a. F- I would say it's less in 2020 for some reason. Um, so I think my spam calls went down. I have noticed that I'm getting some texts, you know, we want to buy your property or whatever. But uh, also they have this new system that will go straight to voicemail. So it bypasses the ring, goes straight to voicemail, and then all of a sudden you have a voicemail and you're thinking, oh, you know, who I – actually, I, I bet they get better response from that now that I think about it because you want to know if somebody uh, left a message. But anyway, that's what I'm oh, saying. Oh, I bet. I would think it was real if I got a voicemail and not just a call. Yeah, I think that's a good point, Mike. And I think that some of that is the carriers have done a lot to um, put a dent in some of the spam. And so some just don't make it through to your phone um, or more of them. Um, I never see my spam texts because they all just automatically go in a folder, which is great. So if you don't have that set up, um, make sure look into your, what your carrier offers. They all have some um some better than others, but it, it's at least worth enabling to to cut out some of that junk. It's the Tech Refresh podcast. One of the things we promise every week is to keep you posted on what's going on with the digital lifestyle. And that includes keeping you from getting scammed. So every week we talk about a new scam that you need to watch out for. And this week, of course, it's tax season. So there's all kinds of tax scams. And what should we be looking out for, Ben? Okay. So first of all, who here has already filed their taxes? Not me. Well, I have. <laughs> Asterisk, my wife has for huh? us, but still. I was going to say, I have it on good authority. It was not you. <laughs> Wait, you, you don't pay your taxes with gift cards? I, I... <laughs> I'm not, uh, I'm not the, uh, the money and math expert. That's, uh, yeah, that's why I'm in this business. So, Well, if you, if you hadn't heard anyway out there, filing season opened a week ago on the 12th. And as is the norm with every other year, we're going to see a big influx in the number of scammers trying their hardest to take advantage of you for a big payday. Uh, Chances are you know about the basic tax-related scams because those happen just about every month out of the year. Often dealing with the IRS impersonators kind of goes back to the robocalls we talked about. Uh, But first of all, you'll see emails that might look official, you know, complete with the IRS logos and the typical fine print you might expect with links or attachments asking for you to verify your information. Well, don't click on those. You know, the calls can be even worse. You know, they can be automated or you can get scammers on the line pretending to be federal agents uh, threatening to come to your door and arrest you unless you hand over, you know, your info or pay them directly, often with gift cards. I mean, especially not iTunes gift cards. I mean, I I would think Amazon would be much more, you know, you could just do a lot more with it, but, you know, to to each scammer his own. Uh, Well, you know, don't answer. And if you get any calls like that, that you just just hang up, don't engage. Uh, But this time of year, uh, you start to see the influx of those, and you also need to watch out for crooks pretending to be tax preparers. You know, they're the ones who just want to help you file your taxes, so you'll get the refund that you're due. 
except once you provide your name, birthday, and your social security, that big return will be going to a different bank account. And, you know, that's not the only thing to worry about. If you end up working with one of these so-called tax preparers, uh, you know, they've been known to fib on some of your personal details when filing the taxes so they get the biggest refund they can. And, you know, you're the one responsible for the information submitted. Uh, So the key takeaways here, the IRS, if they're going to contact you, they still do it through the plain old snail mail. So be wary of any other attempt, phone, text, email, you know, social media messages. And the sooner you file your taxes, Mike, Allie, the less chance a scammer with your personal info can do it first. Because, you know, once they've been filed, that's it. So beat them to the punch. (laughs) (laughs) Great idea. I'm still in the organizational stage. I'm putting all the documents in the cupboard, cabinets, shoebox, all that stuff. Uh, But I'll get to it soon, soon. What about you, Allie? Do you have a goal in mind of when you're going to get them done? Uh, As soon as my husband does it. There you go. He's the tax tax professional in our house. (laughs) But he's always early, so... All right, it's the Tech Refresh podcast, and up next, we're going to take a look at a 90-year-old guy that, well, you're going to love this story and his about him and his Alexa. That's next on Tech Refresh from Commander.com. Thanks for listening to the Tech Refresh podcast, heard exclusively on Tech You Should Know podcast from Commander.com. If you haven't already, make sure you click the subscribe button so you get this podcast delivered automatically every Friday with Tech You Should Know And that also gets you the special feature podcast this week, which is all about cars. Well, it's cars part two. How, what are cars tracking? How are they tracking you? What information are they getting? Uh, it's amazing how far cars have come with the technology. So we take an in-depth look at that. And now we've got a 90 year old guy that also one of his favorite gadgets is the Alexa and he's teaching others about it. Go ahead. This is is pretty cool. So you wouldn't have necessarily heard about it, but uh, a guy named Jeff reached out to Amazon uh, hoping that they would recognize his dad who's embraced Alexa, not just for himself, but as you mentioned, to help others. So this guy, you know, Jeff's father, Dan, he's a 90-year-old lifelong engineer uh, to this day is still fascinated by new technology. Uh, You know, take the Echo. So Dan has had uh, an Echo smart speaker for the past few years, but not just for the usual weather checks and reminders. He actually uh, used it to help his 85-year-old wife learn how to use Alexa when she became visually impaired so she could still keep in touch with family and friends through the Echo. And, you know, he successfully taught her, and he didn't want to stop there. So according to his son, a couple of years ago, Dan gave a live presentation for about 70 members of his senior living community to demonstrate smart home tech like Alexa. So, you know, he gave them tips for setting up medication reminders, uh, you know, the turning lights on and off and, you know, other tricks that just make life, especially at that age, a little easier. And that was just the beginning of various presentations Dan gave to help others learn how to embrace Alexa and modern tech. Although, as you can imagine, the opportunities have uh, slowed down a bit since the beginning of the pandemic. But uh, thanks to his son's note, Amazon has recognized this retired engineer now turned teacher in a recent blog post on on the site. And, you know, I will, too. So good job, Dan, for keeping up with modern tech. Just make sure you make good use of those uh, echo security settings, too. Oh, Dan, that's so, so sweet. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. How about you, Allie? Are your parents embracing technology or are they resistant? Oh, 
listen to this, Mike. My mom has never owned a cell phone. And never will. No, my my parents. Yeah, um, <laughs> I wow. I feel like after I moved out in college, they got rid of the internet. They just don't. Wow, the old fashioned way. Yeah, they they don't use it. Um, my parents uh, run a business and they do everything by hand, the old fashioned way. Yeah, they've they've had their business for oh, I think. 50 years or something at this point. And yeah, they're, they're an old fashioned people. So how about you, Ben? Uh, my parents, uh, they embrace tech. They're not, I mean, but just because you embrace it doesn't mean you're good at it. Uh-huh. And apologies for, you know, no doubt what I'm going to hear from here from them listening to this, but you know, it's, it's definitely like, uh, you know, you think it's a big... Well, they got a son that can fix everything, so what do they need to worry about it for? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you feel like it's a big deal when you teach him how to copy and paste on your iPhone. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, it's... <laughs> hey, that's life-changing. Digital sorcery, but I mean, it's not. You know, it's... We got to get past the little things like that if we ever want to see the the real, you know, mo- modern marvels that technology can do now. Uh, you know, it's like my grandparents. I mean, they... You know, of course, they're of a certain age that they never had a computer and they they at that age where they're just never going to have one. Therefore, they're never going to have Internet. And it's hard to, you know, you can only keep in touch via phone. Uh, One of the things I would love to do, they live in Oklahoma City and I'm I'm in Phoenix. You know, Allie was talking about this one of the previous episodes, the, the digital photo frames that it would be nice just to be able to upload those photos and it would pop up on a digital photo frame at their house. But with no internet, you know, it just can't do stuff like that. My trick for that with my parents, I bought one where you just load the photos onto a, a thumb drive or, a, you know, some kind of little tiny drive SD card. Um, so you could just get them one of those and then just send them an SD card in the mail every now and then. There you go. My parents are, are, are kind of hit and miss. So my dad loves his computer, spends a lot of time on the computer, but he doesn't like Alexa. And then my mom has a uh, iPad, a newer iPad that she just loves, spends a lot of time on Facebook and emailing her friends and stuff like that. So it's kind of uh, a little bit of both. All right. If you'd like to comment about the podcast, good or bad, mostly good, send us an email to podcast at commander.com. Again, that's podcasts at commando.com and on behalf of Ben and Allie I'm Mike we'll see you next time and for the latest digital news and articles anytime go to commando.com with a K that's K-O-M-A-N-D-O